Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. All right, so today we are going to be joined by Nick McVicker of Garage Door Sports. Nick's joined us before, and he's going to be joining us again to chat a whole bunch of stuff, including the news of the day, which is basically Gary Bettman coming out saying, "Eh, we might have to do some hub cities. Uh, We'll get to that in a second, but uh, let me welcome in Nick. Nick, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Mike. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. I, I Just would, all right? Yeah, you know what? I would be doing better if, you know, instead of Bettman coming out and seemingly delaying and delaying and delaying the start of the NHL season, if he would come out and say, hey, we've got everything signed, the Board of Governors has approved everything, and we're going to be dropping the puck January 13th. Listen, there's so many things that need to go in before they can sign off on everything. So I'm not surprised that they haven't said that they're signed off. There's there's so many little things that we don't even think of as fans and journalists that they are going behind the scenes with right now. Well, day by day, it really does seem like the January 13th target date seems less and less likely, doesn't it? Well, I, the January 13th target date was never really likely to begin with because well, the one thing that the players said from the beginning is that they wanted to be home for Christmas. And in order to be home for Christmas and then do a two-week quarantine, depending on where you are, but let's say everyone has to do a two-week quarantine, which is what you should be doing anyway, and then have a two- to three-week training camp, that puts us at the end of January at the very earliest anyway. Like, January 13th never made sense in my head as soon as the players came out and said, we want to be home for Christmas. As soon as that was said, it was screwed. Um... I don't think that's necessarily true just because I think you, there still was enough time for a lot of these cities. The mandatory quarantine period has been cut down from like 7 to 10 in a lot of provinces and or a lot of states. So I think they still could have got in by January 3rd um, and been able to quarantine and get themselves ready to go, assuming that they test negative once they do get uh, into their hotels. But uh, it's it's more so everything else that is holding this up. I don't think it has to do with the fact that they want to be home for Christmas. I think it's the fact that they just don't have many answers. Like, you know, Gary Bettman spoke today about the possibility that hub cities may even still be a possibility. Like, that was something that we all just figured, okay, hub cities and a bubble, that's gone. That's no longer going to be part of, you know, the, the 2021 season because the players don't want it. And I don't think the, the the cities don't want it. The league doesn't want it. The fans don't want Nobody wants it. But Bettman came out and spoke today and said, listen, this is still a possibility. It's not what they want to do, but it may be what they have to do. Apparently, he's been speaking with uh, Tony Fauci down in the United States of America and getting his opinions. And this is kind of what, what Fauci said. He said, look, I think a hub city may be what you guys may have to start out doing if you want to start out in, in the safest way possible um, to try and, and make sure that you bubble up perhaps and get you know, until we can get a lot of people vaccinated. So that is a possibility. It is on the table. And actually, I got a clip here from Gary Bettman about what he was saying uh, about the reason why they haven't announced any dates yet. And it's mainly because they're still trying to figure things out. And I'll play that clip right now. Discussions with the Players Association to come back, hopefully, in January uh, and 
conduct the 2021 season, uh, be the 21 season at this point, uh, and we're working on the protocol and the transition rules. It is clear that we will not be playing an 82-game schedule for the regular season, which we normally do, but we're going to try and play as many games as possible. Right now, we're focused on whether or not we're going to play in our buildings and do some limited traveling or play in a bubble. And that's something that we're working on and getting medical advice on. So you heard it straight from the horse's mouth. They are still weighing their options. They haven't decided yet, or not that they haven't decided, but they haven't figured out if it's possible to play in their buildings. Uh, What are your thoughts on what you just heard there, Nick? I got a few things that I picked out from that. The first one, I've made a joke about it on my hockey show, 20 Minutes on Ice, but it's the 2021 season from now on. I know everyone keeps calling it the 2020-2021 season. It is officially the 2021 season because oh. not a single game will be played in 2020. I said that, that I said that a couple months ago. I was like, we're done calling it the 2020-2021. It's now just the 2021 <laughs> season. I, I know. This Sorry, show that's has a totally unnecessary that. point, but I laugh at it. Everyone still keeps calling it the 2020-2021 season. It is not the 2020 season. It will just be in 2021. It's also a mouthful. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, the other thing that I, a couple other things that I picked up on were pretty obvious stuff that, I mean, I've been saying it since the beginning is that bubble cities will probably have to be the beginning. I've been saying that since the very start. And that's just because that's the logical solution at the beginning of the season. I know it's not a fun solution for the players. I know it's not a fun solution for the teams, but unfortunately that's what it is. And if they have to bubble up in order to get games on, they're going to bubble up. There's no doubt about it. And people are gonna just have to deal with it, like we did for the playoffs. But because Nick, but Nick, my, we don't my, have we don't have any other way to do it. Sure, well, yeah, I mean that's not so true. The NFL hasn't bubbled up, the MLB didn't bubble up, and the NBA isn't bubbling up. So why does the NHL have to do it? The NHL has more of a travel issue compared to the other leagues because of the Canadian teams. And I know there's just going to be a Canadian division, and they're just going to play each other. But at the same time, because the Canadian division has all these teams across multiple provinces with different protocols for COVID right now, the logical answer was that at the very least, the Canadian division was probably going to have to start in a bubble. And whether it be a Toronto-Edmonton split like we had for the playoffs, which doesn't really make sense if there's only seven teams, or if it's just one city, I always assumed that the Canadian division was going to start in a bubble. That's just That was my assumption. Yeah. Well, I think it's possible. I mean, it, it it was never ruled out, but I think it was just something that, as you saw, the NBA start back up without a bubble. The MLB already went through a full season without being bubbled in the NFL. And although everyone's had their hiccups, don't get me wrong, there it has not been smooth sailing for any of these. Yeah, leagues. the only one, the only one that hasn't had an issue out of the ones that you said was the NBA, and that's because the NBA was in a bubble for their playoffs and they well, haven't actually started their season. Yeah, yet. they haven't started yet, of course. But right? you know, but they. But they finished. The MLB, they got to the finish line. The NFL, they're already in week, what, 15? Like, they're they're a solid portion of their season in. It seems like they're looking directly down the straight, and they can see the finish line. So, you know, I, I don't know if 
they necessarily need to bubble up in order to 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 have the season. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be bumps in the road. Don't get me wrong. The biggest issue that I think they're having now with with some cities, and I know that Batman referenced San uh, San Jose specifically as one of these cities, but there's markets that physically will not allow these teams to put on sporting events, not even with fans. So San Jose, and, and you see it happening now in the NFL where the 49ers in Santa Clara are unable to put on home games, so they are playing out in Arizona right now. San Jose may have to do the same thing if this same order is in effect when the NHL season starts. And Gary Bettman spoke on that and pretty much said, if this starts popping up in, in other places like, you know, Southern, uh, you know, Southern California, or potentially there's some question marks in Montreal, even whether or not they're going to allow them to play, then that would be a reason why they would have to bubble up. And uh, here, I'll just play that full clip for you as well, just so that you get all the information. We have a couple of clubs that can't hold training camp or conduct games, even without fans in their current buildings and facilities and we're going to have to move them somewhere else to play. If enough teams can't play, again, without fans, in their own facilities, then we may have to move more and more towards a hub. We may have to only for the regular season have the Canadian teams play each other in Canada in one or more cities, and then we have to realign the remaining 24 teams in the United States. And our goal is, if we're going to play in our buildings, to limit travel as much as possible. So something also interesting, this is him basically saying, we are going to have a Canadian division. So I think without it being officially official, uh, he's come out and, and said it, which everyone already assumed was going to be the case. But uh, did you pick up anything else from that statement there from Commissioner Gary Bettman? I said it on my show and I'm going to say it again. It's kind of disappointing that they've been, uh, it seems like they're coming down to the wire and trying to make backup plans, right? Which is not how this should have been done. They should have had this bubble idea kind of already sorted out with the hopes that they could play in all of, all of the cities by themselves. And it's kind of sad that they're now going back and having to rethink everything. It, it, It kind of strikes me as odd, but Moving teams is the logical solution. And as he, I mean, Bettman said it the best, if we have to move enough, we're going to have to bubble, right? Like it's as simple as that. I still think that they should start in four bubbles for like the first two weeks, at least just to make sure everything's good, make sure everyone's okay. And then try to branch out a little bit more. I just don't know. I honestly have no clue what they're going to do because it seems like every day there's a new answer. Yeah, are you really going to get enough information through two weeks, though? Like, if you're going to bubble... No, just because everyone would be in the bubble, right? So it's two weeks of a modified quarantine, right? It's not that that it's... But going but out and trying anyways. to get more information. Well, I get it, but they're quarantining anyways. That's not the issue. The issue is once they do get let out into the wild, for lack of a better phrase, that's when it's going to be the issue. So... Just quarantining somebody for two weeks isn't going to do anything if you're in two weeks later when really the the, the state of this virus is still going to be at, at its height. 
two weeks from that date. I mean, it just doesn't, that doesn't really make sense to me. If you're going to do it, you're going to have to do it the entire season and wait it out until uh, the warm weather comes. And uh, now the vaccines are starting to get doled out. And maybe they're hoping by the end of April, everybody came, or at least 80% of North America could be vaccinated with the ones who want to be vaccinated, I suppose, um, which the NHL players are apparently will be ordered to be vaccinated uh, if they want to play, uh, as well as Major League Baseball said the same thing. Well, it makes sense. But anyways, uh, so, you know, you think about it through to the regular season, the end of April, and then in the playoffs, hopefully 80% of everyone's vaccinated and we can somewhat get back to a normal way of living. But hopefully they figure it out relatively soon. We'll get back to this chat in just a moment, but first I want to tell you about Built Bar's newest product. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's mental or a physical wall, break through with Go every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power you through the back nine, or put it in your pocket to get you through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It's got three delicious flavors. You can get either peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, or chocolate mint. How's the Built Go work so well? Well, let me tell you, the Built Go combined energy gel with collagen protein and the collagen protein is fast absorbing so it gets into the system fast plus it's easy on the stomach collagen promotes joint soft tissue hair and skin health this stuff literally makes you look better visit bilkgo.com and use the promo code locked and you get 20% off your next order use promo code locked for 20% off bilkgo.com let's go in conversation with Nick McVicker, you're listening to the Locked On Lease podcast. I don't know if you saw this, but it seems like a goaltending department is starting to kind of sprout up around the league. Florida took the plunge and hired Roberto Luongo, and he went out and hired a couple other guys to be part of the goaltending department with the Panthers. And then the Calgary Flames announcing today that they're expanding their goaltending department as well. And that got me thinking... Could the Maple Leafs benefit from a goaltending department? What do you think about that, Nick? I'm going to say every team could benefit from a goaltending department. So, yes, the Leafs could benefit (laughs) from a goaltending department. I think any time that you want to get better at any specific aspect of your organization, by creating a department to focus solely on that, that's what you're going to do. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to take dividends immediately in Florida and Calgary, but when you put a department together that's solely focused – on getting making your goaltending better it's going to help right there's some teams that might not need it right now like you know nashville is a goaltending carousel because they had renee and then the soros who people still think is going to be a number one jury's still out jury's (laughs) still out um but a place like the leafs where we haven't brought brought a goalie prospect through in a long time it might be ben- it might be super beneficial for us to be doing a lot more scouting a lot more focusing on goaltenders and i'm not ripping the scouting department i want to make that very clear but if you have someone who's specifically focused on goaltending who goes out and only watches goaltenders and focuses on what they see how they act what they do that makes a big difference it, no matter what the sport is it's the same thing so a, a team like the Leafs who haven't been able to pull a prospect through the system and we've actually had to trade out to get decent goaltending the last few 
I don't know, 20, 30 years. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't even think of the last goalie that was homegrown in Toronto to turn out to be a true number one star for this team. I, I honestly can't think of the last time we've seen it. In my lifetime, we haven't. No. Because when I started watching it, it was Cujo. Cujo was acquired. And then it was yep. Belfour who was acquired. And then we yep. had a law where we had absolutely no goaltenders. We tried acquiring Toscala, didn't work. Tried acquiring Raycroft, gave up Tukaras to do it, didn't work. You know, And then uh, it went through a whole heap of goaltenders. James Reimer may be the, like, the cream of the crop when you think about goaltenders that the Leafs in the past 30 years have been able to draft and develop. And that's not saying a whole lot. And, hey, and Reimer's a Reimer's a. He's a, good fine, NHL he's a fine he's not a goalie. great NHL goalie. No, he's not a number one. He never no, he's has a, been. He's a right? 2A. Yeah, sure. But that's that that's what I mean, right? So the Leafs, I think they're a team that doesn't get to flex their financial muscles in a lot of ways. Like you yeah. get to see in a lot of other sports. You know, the New York Yankees, who are the pinnacle of the MLB, they go out, they spend money, they bring in players and just spend boatloads of it, and it doesn't Still hurt them. Still losing the playoffs. <laughs> they do, <laughs> but they are able to pay their way. I had to, I had to take the <laughs> having a solid roster in the NBA. Absolutely. You have these luxury tax teams that pay to get themselves a solid roster to compete. They go over the cap and pay into the luxury tax. The Leafs, unfortunately, was such a hard cap system. There's only so much they can do. They can only spend eighty-one and a half million dollars on ice product, and that's all they can do. A couple things that they've been able to do is take on some LTIR contracts, and that's been a way for them to kind of circumvent the cap a little bit. They've been able to pay out bonuses uh, early on, a lot of big signing bonuses in, in a lot of these signings that they've been able to make. And something that they could also do, which is what they've been able to do, is improve in their skills departments and their scouting departments and development. And I think going out and improving the goaltending position and getting yourself a department for goaltenders specifically would be huge for this team. They desperately, desperately need some sort of edge because they just haven't been able to get themselves a goalie in. Yeah, goalies are voodoo, and you don't. Re- goalies are so tough to scout and tough to develop as a whole. But if you can give yourself an edge in any way by getting yourselves as many experts into your organization to evaluate goaltenders and produce these goaltenders, that's just going to give yourself a much better option or a much better plan when it comes to creating uh, star goalies in this league, which is something that the Leafs have lacked for many, many years. And the one thing that I think we've missed a lot in the Leaf organization is that we don't have a lot of former goaltenders as part of any of our departments, really, right? And that's something that I think goes unnoticed, and it's something that doesn't really get talked about in professional circles. But if you're trying to make a good goaltender, having someone who was a goaltender and knows the ins and outs and the intricacies of being the, I mean, odd one out in most circumstances it helps significantly in figuring out if this guy's going to fit, uh, work out in at the next level. And they talking of some former goaltenders, you hear them say like, yeah, Pogi, there was just something about him that never screamed. I was going to make it to the next level. Right. After, I mean, during, during his junior, everyone thought he was, but yeah. then when people really got to talk to him a little bit more, there was just something that wasn't right. And that's something that you hear from goaltenders that you don't hear that from scouts because they don't know what goes on in the goalie's mind. They don't see the little things necessarily. They see the skill on the ice and that's all they can really evaluate as much as, as much as you can as a scouting department, right? You can't really evaluate 
if one little thing is going to take a goaltender off. It's a big mental so, game with goalies. It's a huge mental game. It's, yeah. an, it's an enormous mental game. And I think having someone who's been there, done that, like Roberto Luongo, like Jason LaBarbera, who is in the Calgary system now, right? Yeah, he's going to be heading the Calgary goaltending department. Right? Those guys have been there, done that, been in the league, seen goalies come and go, talked to so many other goaltenders, right? They know what it takes. They know what to look for. And they might, they might find that diamond in the rough a little bit better just because they've been there. They've done that. Who's a former Leafs goalie that you think would be perfect for this opportunity? I'm thinking, you think Cujo would want no. to come and do something like this? No. Oh, I, I think he might I think he might end up doing it somewhere. I don't know if Cujo would be the best fit here. Um, I actually think someone like Andrew Raycroft might be a I good fit. I was thinking Raycroft, you know, Razor. Um, he does have some Toronto ties. You know, the and the other still... one I would say would be Reimer when he's done. Yeah, Reimer I think would be a good one if, if he hangs him up. But, you know, he's still in a contract with Carolina. No, I'm he's not saying kicking. anytime soon, but when he's done. Yeah, he could be an op- uh, an option there. Um, definitely not Gary Sparks. <laughs> I don't think Garrett Sparks would no. uh, would be a guy there who I think actually just recently signed in the ECHL uh, pretty they big. To the e? oh, yeah, pretty big fall from Grace for old uh, Garrett Sparks. Um, all right, let's take a quick break, and when we return, let's play some cosine no sign. All right. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Lease Podcast. Mike DiStefano with you as the host of this program. Joining me today is Nick McVicker of uh, Garage Door Sports. We're going to play some Cosign No Sign, and if you haven't been uh, or if you haven't played this game before or listened to me play this game before, it's something I like to do when I have a guest on. Essentially, I'm going to make a statement, and Nick's going to either co-sign it or no-sign it. So if he agrees, co-sign. If he disagrees, no sign. We got three questions to ask each other each. Then we're going to tell each other why we are co-signing and no signing. And uh, Nick, I'll let you go first since you are the guest. Oh, you're so kind. I know. I'm a really kind person. All right. We're going to talk about the Canadian division here, buddy. The Ottawa Senators do not finish last place in this Canadian division. No sign. There is no chance that this Ottawa Senators group is going to be able to beat any of these teams enough to uh, to get themselves out of the basement. They're a much improved team. Don't get me wrong. I like what they did this offseason, and I think that Pierre Dorian deserves a lot of credit for what he's been able to do uh, to improve this roster, but it's just such a super, super talented team. And that leads me to my question for you, Nick, which kind of it perfectly bleeds into it. Perfect. The Canadian group, the Canadian division, is basically the World Cup's equivalent to the group of death. So basically, the the Canadian division is the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah I, I know what you meant. <laughs> uh, is it the best? Absolutely. I think it is the best. Um, I think there's five, possibly even six teams that are, that are playoff caliber teams in this division. Which six? Uh, Sorry. If you were to say five, which which one is left out? Who's the sixth team that you are on the fence about? I'm. It's a toss up between Winnipeg and Vancouver for me, and oh. I know that sounds really funny, but I'm not sure how Vancouver is going to bounce back from losing their goaltender. As lo- as much as I love Demko, and I know you're a Vancouver fan, buddy, I just I'm I'm just concerned well, in his first full year as starter. Brayden Holt, how it's going to affect him? Decent goalie. He is a, he is a very good goalie. I, I I I think he's going to be a top five goalie in the league in the next four years. No, no. 
they, but we, I'm we, just worried about his first full year in in between the pipes, right? It's, I think it's you're forgetting that they signed Braden Holpe. I still think I still think they want Demko to be the number one. No, they signed. The they definitely signed Holpe to be the number one. There, guy. I don't think Holpe was the number one in Washington. Why is he the number one in Win- in Vancouver? Anyways, Winnipeg is the other one that I just I just want to see how the team meshes in the first little bit. I still think they're play- they're both teams. I think are playoff potential teams. I just don't know which how they're going to start off the season, and especially in a division like the Canadian division, it could be it could be a rough go for those two depending on how they mesh. Um, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna co-sign this as the group of death though, just because I I look at some of the other divisions and you look at I guess the northeast division, the other eastern any- division I guess <laughs> with like Tampa, Boston, division. the Rangers. It's a tough division, it really is, and it's it's a it's tough division. But I still think I still want to see more from the Devils and the Sabers and even the Rangers before I say that they're that's a better division than the Canadian division. Yeah. Um, the Central Southeast Division. Oh, those other two are garbage. Right. Well, I <laughs> comparatively, mean, you, comparatively, you look at the West Division. The top four are very good. Right. Right. They are. And the but... fifth team could be good, depending on how Arizona progresses from last season, because they they had some very good spots. But the bottom of that division is just so bad. And that set that Central Southeast Division. There's what two teams. Maybe three. Yeah, I think the Canadian division by far and away uh, is is the best group there. It's just the most competitive. You got six yeah, teams. It's either, it's either the Canadian or the Northeast. Yeah. All right, second one for you. All right, this one is a multi-year question. So, um, Nathan McKinnon has not had healthy line mates for a long time. If they can stay healthy, he finishes <laughs> first in points in the league in the next two seasons. I don't think it has anything to do with his line mates staying healthy, to be honest. I think this guy's so skilled that he could do it on his own. But if they are healthy, I'm going to co-sign it. I'm feeling a little optimistic today. I think Nathan McKinnon has taken his game to a an entirely different level. And I think that he's going to have himself... Uh, quite the career. You add in Kale McCarr as a full on a full time basis going into his second full year in the NHL. I think that's going to do nothing but help this team. They got some other young players that uh, they're going to be up and coming. Miko Rantanen still growing and getting better himself. So I think that for sure. I think Nick McKinnon has a really good shot at that. So I'll co-sign it. Beautiful, love it, love to hear it. Uh, number two for you, UFA forward Mike Hoffman, one of many UFAs still out on the market will sign a multi-year contract before the start of the season. No sign. Don't even have to think about that. If <laughs> no one signed him to a multi-year deal at this point, it's probably not going to happen unless it's the most he'll get is two. Right. Um, so I'm going to no sign it. Say he does a one-year bet on himself deal and goes and tries to prove himself once again. Most likely. Third one for you. As easy as that. Okay, since we were talking about the other divisions, in the West Division, the St. Louis Blues do not make the playoffs. Oh, boy. Yeah, tell me some of the other teams in that division. I'm not staring at them as we speak. All right, are you ready? I'll read out the division. You have the Anaheim Ducks, Arizona Coyotes, Colorado Avalanche, Dallas Stars, Los Angeles Kings, Las Vegas Golden Knights, San Jose Sharks, and the St. Louis Blue Notes. 
And it was they the, finished fifth in their division. Basically. Oh, no sign. Not a chance they finished fifth. This is a top three team in that division. Top three team. There, there's not a, a, no, a, no okay. sign, no sign, no sign. The Who are the other top two teams? Colorado. Yes. And Vegas. I think that St. Louis. What is, about Dallas? I think St. Louis is better than Dallas. Okay. I know that they just made a, a run. They went all the way to the final, but a lot of stuff broke their way for them to get there. And I don't think they're the second best team in the league. So I, I don't either. I, I, I was just wondering. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but but for me, I I think that they're they're the fourth team. If I'm power ranking them, I would put St. Louis as my third team, and then Dallas as my fourth team. I'm assuming Arizona's then fifth, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The three Car- the three California teams are just poop. I might put San Jose as my fifth team. I who okay. does Arizona have? They got worse. Who does San Jose have other than Brent Burns? Evander Kane, Eric Carlson, Joe Pavelski. Who did what last year? A lot. Some really good stuff. Timo Meyer. Goalie, though. Didn't they trade for Dubnik? Pretty sure they did. So they'll be rolling with Dubnik and Marty Jones. But <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. I but but I think that they're Ooh. better in Arizona. That's all I'm saying. All right, third one for you. Uh, since this is a Leafs centric podcast, gotta have a Leafs question in here. Absolutely. So my question to you, Nick, is will your name buddy Nick Robertson make the Leafs opening night lineup? Yes. Sorry, Again, I don't know that another word. one that I don't really have to think about. Yes, he makes the opening day lineup. I, I don't. I have no doubt about it in my mind that he makes this lineup because they want him to. You mean cosine? Yes, cosine. Yes, I cosine <laughs> that. I just said yes. I just agreed with you. Yes, hundred percent. Yes, it's I the game. That it's cosine or no sign, and you are cosigning it. I am not sure yet. I'm not sure if he deserves a spot just yet. I think he's like right there. But I think they're going to put him on the roster just because they want him on the roster. Yeah, it does seem like they really do want him to. They want to him make there. It. Well, they kept they, him. They out didn't of let World him juniors. go. They didn't let him go to the American team for the World Juniors. It seems like they want him on the club, so he will be on the opening day roster. Whether he deserves a spot over other people, that is up in the air. But he will be on the opening day roster. Now, just to be clear, yes, ma'am. When you're saying roster, do you mean roster or do you mean lineup? Because I he mean will be lineup. In both. Okay, good. All he right. will be in both. Okay. You can see how I thought it was a little, a little misleading there. I think yes, he'll be on absolutely. the roster. He will be on both. <laughs> I will co-sign the roster. I'm not ready to make my decision yet on opening night, and that is a conversation for a whole other day for me here on the Locked Unleashed podcast. That is going to do it for us here today on the podcast, though. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked Unleashed podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. And Nick, where uh, where can they find you on social media? Yep, so if you're looking for me personally, it's at Nick McVicker, N-I-C-K. I don't know why people always ask. And if you're looking for my media network, it's at Garage Door Sport because there's a character limit on Twitter. <laughs> oh. Couldn't get the last letter in. Dang, that's a shame. That's a shame. So, I was so upset. 
uh, definitely go check them out, guys. And the Locked On Network is expanding, folks. If you are a better like I am, go and check out Locked On Bets, the new sports betting show on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's fantastic. Go give it a shot. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today. We'll catch you next time. Till then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.